name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's gospel is the last of three attempts by the enemies of Jesus to discredit him in a public debate. The Pharisees were in the thick of the battle, plotting with other groups to pose questions one and three in this public encounter. The Pharisees are a curious study because of all the Jewish groups we hear about in the New Testament, their faith, their belief system was most in harmony with what would become Christian faith. They believed in the entire Old Testament, they believed in the resurrection of the body, and they looked for the coming of the Messiah. Some Pharisees did become Christians, most notably St. Paul and Nicodemus. In the New Testament, the Pharisees typically focus on some aspect of the law of Moses or the Torah that they think Jesus is violating. The gospel query about which commandment is the greatest was uh, a trick question. The Jewish tradition held that all commandments were equally binding. Therefore, if someone said one was more important than another, they would be open to the charge of, of laxity. But Jesus, being the Torah made flesh, aced the exam, summarizing the Torah with verses from Deuteronomy and Leviticus. When you wrote the book, you have an advantage in the debate. Because the Pharisees focus on the law, it is tempting to view the New Testament indictment of the Pharisees as a general rejection of religious rules in favor of a simple faith in Jesus. But this misses the key point that is highlighted by the gospel. The religion of the Pharisees was not wrong because it had rules. It was wrong because it lost sight of the end or goal of those rules. Romans 10.4 says that Christ is the end or goal of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. God gave the Torah to Israel to lead Israel to Christ. Thus, the fulfillment of their religion was standing right in front of them, and they didn't recognize him. This means that the religion of the Pharisees failed to accomplish its goal. This is the reason Jesus responded to their question about the law with a, a question about the identity of the Messiah. If they understood that the Messiah, the son of David, whom David also called Lord in Psalm 110, that this Messiah stood before them, they would repent and believe in him rather than debate him and plot to kill him. Christianity can be understood as a fulfilled Judaism with the person of Jesus Christ replacing the Torah as the center of faith. The Messiah has come. The law has been fulfilled. Christ is the end of the law for everyone who believes. And our faith begins and ends in our relationship with Christ. To avoid the error of the Pharisees, our practice of the faith must be evaluated by whether it sustains our relationship with Jesus and helps us to progress towards the goal of our faith, which is to meet Jesus at the end of time. The epistle 
states this goal. St. Paul says that Christ Jesus had enriched the Corinthians with various gifts of grace so that they have all they need as they wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the goal of our faith, to be blameless on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, blameless is a daunting word, implying a sort of sinless perfection that feels a little bit beyond all of us. But it doesn't mean to be morally perfect or to never sin. To be blameless means, in New Testament terms, to be connected to Jesus, who cleanses us of sin, justifies us, and changes us. Blamelessness is the result of our relationship with Jesus and the work he is continually doing within us. Christ will confirm us to the end if we maintain our relationship of communion until Jesus comes or until we die, whichever comes first. This is why we talk about the grace of a good death. A good death is to die in communion with Jesus. The liturgy trains us to maintain this relationship as we gather for the Eucharist on the Lord's day, we anticipate and participate in the goal of our faith. The future verdict of the last day is declared and experienced now. Here, Jesus, who is hidden from our sight, is revealed to us in a new way. Here, we are gathered as the church to meet him, just as we will be gathered to meet him on the last day. Here we come to Jesus with repentance and faith to receive him in a new way. And through the Eucharist, our relationship with God in Christ through the Spirit is confirmed and strengthened. We are justified. We are blameless before our Lord Jesus Christ. This relationship of communion and union is sustained through our life of prayer. As we stay connected to Jesus, we remain blameless. The main danger in the life of faith is anything that pulls us away from that relationship. The goal of our disciplines of faith is to bring us back to Christ continually and to sustain our relationship with him. And our relationship with Christ is communal as well as personal. We are saved as the church, as members of the body of Christ, not as a collection of isolated individuals. And the epistle teaches this. When St. Paul says that you come behind in no gift, he means that the various spiritual gifts of the members of the body help to sustain the community in Christ. Thus, staying connected to Christ means staying connected to the body of Christ, the church. Our relationship with Christ is threatened when some goal in this world becomes more important to us than our communion with Jesus.
And this includes goals related to politics, business, relationships, and pleasure. None of these things is inherently bad, and we all pursue these things hoping for some temporal goal. However, as followers of Jesus, whose main goal is to be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must be watchful. For when some goal in this world becomes more important to us than faithfulness, we are tempted to compromise our faith to achieve that goal. Compromises create distance between ourselves and Jesus and threaten our blameless state. Thus, we must be watchful in our prayers for misplaced priorities, for living in a way that is aiming at the wrong goal. The goal of blamelessness requires a continual surrender of our need for any particular result in this life. Again, it is not wrong to want good things for ourselves and for others or to want what we think is best for the world. What we want or what we think is best may not happen. We are called to stay connected to Jesus and be faithful anyway. This is our vocation to be faithful witnesses, and it is why the Greek word for witness, martyr, became the word the church used to describe those who died for the faith. The martyrs were the faithful witnesses for whom no earthly goal, even the goal of sustaining their lives, was allowed to trump the goal of faithful witness or blamelessness. And there is a paradox to faithful witness and martyrdom that informs its power. Jesus was the faithful witness on the cross, and the cross led to the resurrection. The martyrs shared the cross of Jesus by their deaths, and as one church father said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Their witness actually caused the church to grow. Faithful witness operates in an economy that transcends temporal categories and results and accesses the power of God that is beyond human control. There's currently a great deal of pessimism among some people of faith. It is easy to look at the world and to conclude that it is all falling apart. It is easy to drift from simple pessimism into despair. But we never know what God is doing. What looks like a big defeat from the world's perspective may be the very thing that ignites a new advance of the kingdom. The same despairing pessimism was present among some disciples on Good Friday. However, the faithful witness of Jesus and the martyrs was what turned the tide. The very people who were free from captivity to temporal results opened the door to a new and previously inconceivable future. 
In a world full of anxiety, anger, and fear, we are called to be faithful witnesses. Witnesses to God's truth, to God's peace, and to the joy of life in the Holy Spirit. To be faithful witnesses and to avoid the error of the Pharisees, we must not allow our practice of the faith to be co-opted by any temporal goal. We must stay connected to Jesus and to each other as we eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.